Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at the Psalms of the Sons of Korah, Psalms 84 through 87. Korah was a Levite and a priest. His story is found in the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 16. He stood up against Moses and said, All Israel is holy. What makes you and Aaron more special? Well, Moses said to Korah, Is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them, and that he has brought you near, Korah, and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you? Are you seeking for the priesthood also? This is found in verses 9 through 10 of chapter 16 of Numbers. Moses set it up that each man was to take a fire pan with incense and to bring the censers before the Lord. There was 250 of them. They all lit their incense, and then Korah stood in front of the entrance of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. Korah roused up the congregation of Israel to be on his side. The Lord said to Moses, Step aside so that I may consume them all instantly. But Moses and Aaron fell on their faces and pleaded for them. Moses warned the people to separate themselves from Korah, Datham, and Abiram, these wicked men. The ones who separated from them, they were saved. The ones who gathered with them. The earth opened up and swallowed them, and they all and all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol. One of the things I like about these songs of Korah is that it shows that not all were swallowed up by the earth, and that they learned their lesson and became satisfied and thrilled to be a part of the worship responsibilities of the priest. In other words, What we see is grace. We also see that the sins of the fathers do not always get passed down to the sins of the sons. Psalm 84 is a celebration or a psalm of praise. Three times we see people who are blessed. Verse 4, how blessed are those who dwell in your house. Verse 5, how blessed is the man or the person whose strength is in you. And the last verse, verse 12, O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. What a different spirit the sons of Korah have than Korah himself had. This psalm raves about the tabernacle of God, and it praises the people who take the trip to the temple to Zion. And in verse 6, it says that these people who take that trip they pass through the valley of Baca. And it seems that there are two interpretations of what that means. Either it means passing through the valley of weeping or passing through the valley of balsam trees. This is the only psalm in book three that does not have a hint of sorrow or even a hint of an enemy. 
One popular verse is verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now with Psalm 85, according to Dr. Walter Kaiser, the theme of this psalm is revival is from God's grace. Verses 1 through 3 reflect on the Lord's hand of restoration of Israel. And then verses 4 through 7 ask God for grace to do it again. We see common questions here that we find throughout the Psalms. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again so that we may rejoice in you? The cries for God to show his loving kindness, O Lord, and to grant us your salvation. The Hebrew word for loving kindness is hesed. This word is translated with different English words, such as love, kindness, goodwill, grace, mercy, piety, loyalty, and even more. But it is more than any one of these words. It is an attitude of love which contains mercy and even grace. And this word is throughout the Old Testament. One thing that has hit home with me in our reading of the Old Testament so far is that myth that the God of the Old Testament is a meanie, but that the God of the New Testament, especially in Jesus, is a gracious, loving one. But that dichotomy is not true. They are the same. The God of the Old Testament is full of love and mercy and grace, and we see that displayed over and over and over again. We see it again in verse 10. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Then the psalmist shows hope of what God will do in the future. He will make a way for them. Now, Psalm 86 is the only psalm in book three that is of King David, and it is a lament and a cry for help from God. Verses one through seven are a prayer for help in the time of trouble. Then the last seven verses, 11 through 17, are a prayer for help from arrogant and violent men who have sought David's life. In verse 15, God is described as merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Here we see that combo of words again. Now in the midst of this psalm, in verses 8 through 10, we see praise of who God is. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made. Now remember, all of the nations came first, of course, through Adam and Eve, where all humanity came from. But then from Noah's three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth were where the nations began to be set up. All nations whom you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord, and they will glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. This central point of Psalm 86 of David 
about all nations coming to God ties into Psalm 87, the Psalm of the Sons of Korah. This God, all nations will worship. According to W. Robert Godfrey in Learning to Love the Psalms, he says, Psalm 87 may well be the great missionary psalm of the Psalter. Here is a vision not of the destruction of the enemies, but of their conversion. The psalmist includes Rahab, which is another name for Egypt, Babylon, Philistia, which is where the Philistines came from, Cush, which is now Ethiopia, and Cush represents nations from far away, and then Tyre is also mentioned, and that represents nations that are close to home. Most of these were great enemies of Israel, at least at one time in their history. Yet now the psalmist says, these nations who know me, and then this one was born here in Zion. Then those who sing and those who play the flute will say, all my springs of joy are in you. This makes me think of Acts chapter 2 at the day of Pentecost. Jesus had died, arose, and ascended, and he told the disciples and his followers to wait until the Holy Spirit comes in power on them. And the Holy Spirit came as a fire, distributing amongst themselves and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Then verse 5 says, Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Then verse 6, And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each of them was hearing them speak in their own language. Then verse 11b says, We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. By the way, the first time we see the gifts of tongues, it is in speaking of other languages. We then see that the apostle Peter preached to the people. And then verse 21 says in his sermon, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When the people heard all of this, they were pierced in their heart and they asked Peter, what should we do? And then verse 38, and Peter said, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Then verse 41 says, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls from every nation under heaven. Psalm 87 was fulfilled, or at least began to be fulfilled, in Acts chapter 2, in Jerusalem, in Zion, the city on the hill. And then that ultimate fulfillment will be in the new Jerusalem, in the heavenly Zion, where all believers from every tribe, nation, and tongue will proclaim Jesus as Lord. Revelation 21 and 22. So ladies, if you hear God's voice today, 
Let's not harden our hearts like the first Korah, but let's have softened hearts and let us worship and pray and praise and obey like the sons of Korah. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.